Well, we are back with you on this Wednesday morning, November 2nd. I'm Adam Wright. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. A happy All Souls Day to you. And we invite you to join us in prayer this morning, not just with our morning offering, but let's also pray for the souls of the faithful departed. So, well, well, let's just dive right into it here. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them, and may the souls of all the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is good to be with you this morning, and we are talking about a couple of different things today. We are going to talk about discernment today, and then uh, we are also going to talk about what else do we have? I, I, it's, you know, it's been a while since I've been out of the uh, studio here. Well, we got some stuff for you today. Let's just put it that way. We've got some stuff for you today on Roadmap to Heaven. Oh, yeah, we've got Mike Roberts with us talking about the Blessed Virgin Mary and the saints. You know, yesterday was All Saints Day. I hope you had a wonderful all Saints Day. I know I did. It was great. I uh, went to Mass with my kids. They, they had school yesterday and went to Mass with them. And the entire third grade dressed up as their favorite saints and uh, learned a little bit about St. Amelia who crossed the river on the back of a sturgeon. Yep, that's right. I, and, and oddly enough, is not the patron saint of surfers. But you'd think that she is. So that's what's ahead on the show today. Of course, we also have the fabulous catequiz. But first, before we can get to any of that, we, uh, you know, and before we even get to Mike Roberts talking about the Blessed Virgin Mary and uh, the saints, we need to go to Mike Roberts talking about the weather because, well, I don't know what the weather holds, but he does. Let's go to him now. Today is the commemoration of all the faithful departed, All Souls Day. On this, the second day of November, we are called to remember specifically those we loved in this world who have gone before us now and to a confidence that is our great consolation which comes from knowing that they who loved and followed Jesus are with him now. We will hear from the book of wisdom. The souls of the just are in the hands of God and no torment shall touch them. They seemed in view of the foolish to be dead and their passing away was thought an affliction and their going forth before us utter destruction. But they are in peace. For if before men indeed they be punished, yet is their hope full of immortality. Chastised a little, they shall be greatly blessed because God tried them and found them worthy of himself. From Paul in Romans, if then we have died with Christ, we believe we also live with him and from Jesus himself. And this is the will of the one who sent me, that I should not lose anything of what he gave me, but that I should raise it on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life, and I shall raise him on the last day. Lord Jesus, have mercy on all the departed souls whom we love so much. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. 
Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Every now and then I like to jump into the, as I call it, the Wayback Machine. Now, I don't have a time machine, obviously, but I do like to go back to some things. And a little over a year ago, we had the opportunity to sit down with Mike Roberts and talk about uh, his favorite saints. And, of course, that would include the Queen of All Saints, the Blessed Virgin Mary. And we had this context, our conversation in the context of the month of May, the month dedicated to Our Lady. But it's so fitting for All Saints Day, which we celebrated yesterday, that we wanted to bring it to you today. We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven on Covenant Network. Now, every morning, every morning without fail, I say, let's go to Mike Roberts for a check of the weather. And we we do. But as you may have guessed, Mike so graciously records those for us, sends them in so we can play them throughout the day. But today, I'm going to say, let's go to Mike Roberts, not for a check of the weather, but for a check-in with the Blessed Mother. Mike, so good to have you in studio with us today. What an honor to be speaking to you on behalf, on some level, of the Blessed Mother, although I would never presume to do that. But Adam, this is such an honor for me, really, to be talking about our Blessed Mother. Well, here we are in the month of May, and and the long-range forecast is that Mary is celebrated all month long. We have our May crownings, our processions, we pray our rosaries. Many make their consecration to the Blessed Mother. You bring us every day, without fail, the weather and the saint of the day. I am curious right off the bat, what have you learned about the Blessed Mother in studying these saints? I'm trying to learn humility. I think that's the common denominator between our God, who makes the entire universe as far as you can see and beyond that, as far as we know and beyond our understanding, and then our God makes all of that then our little blue planet, then life on our planet, and then he creates you and I in the image and likeness of him, sends his only son to come and redeem us after we mess it up, and that son comes through one person who has the option of saying yes or no. She says yes and saves all of mankind, the Blessed Mother, and It's a humble journey. Jesus comes to us as a baby. Moses comes to us as a baby. The Blessed Mother, the Immaculate Conception, is conceived by the gift of the Holy Spirit in the womb of St. Anne and comes into the world as a baby. The Mother of God comes to us as a baby, as a little girl, and as a young lady says yes on behalf of all of us. So it's humility. And I'm on a journey, I hope, for the rest of my life of divine mercy. St. Faustina directs this, really kept a diary, I think, from heaven directs it. Certainly, I call upon her for wisdom. And one of the things the Blessed Mother tells St. Faustina is there are three things that I ask of you. Humility, humility, humility. I say again, humility, faith and love of God. So it's humility, faith, love of God, but she says humility three times. And so it makes sense, Adam. We cannot fathom any part of our infinite God. We can't fathom his mercy. We cannot fathom his justice. But we also have a hard time fathoming in a very proud world, and sin uh, weighted in pride is the greatest sin, I guess, I know. 
the humility of a God that would come to us as a baby and then return to us in the form of the Eucharist. So I just, I'm trying to be um, humble. <laughs> you know, Mike, I think back 10 years ago, it's hard to believe it's going to be 10 years this year. David Freeze at home plate in Bush Stadium, game six. I had given up. I thought hope was lost, I, right? Me too. And then I'm driving on Interstate 55, driving home, just woe is me. My Cardinals are out. He hits that home run that keeps us going. And I thought, that is incredible. And I, I, every time I watch the replay, you can see just the whole atmosphere in Bush Stadium change. Everybody, It's as if everything now pivots on that one moment. And I think to myself, that is nothing, nothing compared to the moment that the angel Gabriel appears to the Blessed Mother and says, Here's God's plan, and the world is waiting with, you know, holding our breath collectively. Does she say yes or does she say no? And when I think about it in that perspective, then the question becomes, so, Adam, what are you going to do today? And mm. I'm not going to do anything that compares with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then my favorite story about the Blessed Mother, I guess it, I'd have to put it as my third, because, of course, the Nativity is the first and the birth of Jesus the second, but... Boy, I just love the story of the wedding at Cana because it's, it's such a great multi-level story, isn't it? I mean, first of all, it's a, a typical mom and her son. You know, they have no more wine. Well, what concern of this is, is mine? My hour has not yet come. And she doesn't even acknowledge that he said anything. She just talks to the waiters that do whatever he tells you. So the presumption is, first of all, that he's going to do it. Secondly, she knows he can do this miraculous thing because she must have seen things before. I, I guess that's a supposition on my part, but I think it's fair. And then here's the thing that, that actually I think takes us into the deep water there, Adam, and that is, okay, so as we said before, God creates the whole universe, life, our planet, which he also created. Then we screw it up. His son comes to redeem us. This is a very big plan. Now Jesus at the age of 30, he's going to start his public ministry. But it's the Blessed Mother who pushes the green start button. Amazing, you know? I know. We, we were talking about this recently that, you know, it's mom for you. Mom <laughs> says, You're gonna, are you, are you going to vacuum the living room? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, don't, <laughs> I know there are two possible answers, but only one of them is the correct answer. Um, that, that's how moms work. Mike, you know, one thing, I, I know you have spent a lifetime studying patterns, but when you were, uh, before you went to Ascension, you were a meteorologist, you studied the jet stream and, and the temperatures and this pattern and the rainfall. Do you notice any patterns with how the Blessed Mother has appeared over the centuries when, when she's appeared to us? Take you right back to that same word, Adam. It's humility. You know, God comes to us always fully through humility. I mean, how does he send Moses to us in a wicker basket floating down the Nile? How does he send his son to us? Who could come anytime under any circumstances? Our current culture would tell us it should be something really grand. And I'm, so, I'm sure the current culture always thought that. But no, becomes as a baby, born in a manger, and what we call poverty, oh, I'll, I'll bet you St. Joseph uh, in his later years would argue, I don't know if that was all that poverty, but nonetheless, it's certainly humility, isn't it? And then the Blessed Mother at Guadalupe, at La Salette, at Lourdes, at Fatima. I know these weren't all children. St. Juan Diego lived to be 74. St. Catherine Labore, she was not a little girl when she gained her eternal reward. But it's either the childlike 
or children themselves. And why is that? It's because they've managed as adults to hold on to their simplicity and humility, or it's because as children they're still humble. I mean, at La Salette, this is the Blessed Mother sitting outside a town in France with her head in her hands crying and explaining to children the sins their parents are committing in town that so offend Jesus it brings her to tears. When she comes to visit St. Bernadette in Lourdes, not only is St. Bernadette, who's, I think, a very smart young lady, but because of her asthma, was missing a lot of classes, she's still what we would define as a child, maybe mid-teens, I'm not sure I remember, but, but she was a child, and either way, she was so humble. And that's, that's it. It's the journey with the Blessed Mother is about humility. And I think it's a requisite. And, I, and I, I think that because you cannot have true love, which is selfless love, without humility as a platform. It's as if she comes always to those who the world would say, well, why should we listen to them? And yet that is precisely who she has chosen to come to. And you know, when we see it from the outside, humility is a very um, attractive quality. I mean, one of my good friends is John Fuller over at KPLR and Box. You know, he's, he's a great friend. He's a great meteorologist. And people just love him. And I think it's, it's his humility that they're drawn to. Mike Roberts, always a, a pleasure to speak with you. And, and great to remind us that humility is the call and that we have a blessed mother. You know, it, that, that's another thing I think of right away as, as I try to close this out is— you know, who am I that the Blessed Mother should intercede for me? And yet, as we recall every Tuesday, how often does she intercede for Mike Roberts and for Adam Wright and for, for each of you listening? Perpetually. Our Mother of Perpetual Help always praying for us. You know, it's, it's an amazing thing. Mike, thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh, Mary, conceive without sin. Pray for us who have recourse to Thee. Thanks, Adam. Friends, you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven, and we will be back right after this. Prayer to Our Lady of Perpetual Help O Mother of Perpetual Help, grant that I may ever invoke thy most powerful name, which is the safeguard of the living and the salvation of the dying. O purest Mary, O sweetest Mary, let thy name henceforth be ever on my lips. Delay not, O Blessed Lady, to help me whenever I call on thee, for in all my needs, in all my temptations, I shall never cease to call on thee ever repeating thy sacred name, Mary, Mary. Yesterday, we spoke with Father Dominic Rankin of the Diocese of Springfield in Illinois about call. We all have a vocation. We all have a call. Today, we're going to talk about discernment with Father Chase Hilgenbrink of the Diocese of Peoria in Illinois. Father, it's good to have you with us here on the show. You're the vocation director up in Peoria, correct? I am. It's an incredible blessing to be able to help young men, especially in discernment of their vocation, young men who who often know that they're called to something great in this life and are just trying to find what that is and and don't often believe that God is the one that calls them to that greatness. Indeed. And yesterday we spoke about that, that God is calling each and every one of us. And some of us have figured it out, but others out there are still listening for that call. But today we're going to focus on discernment. It's really that next step after listening for the call. I think I know what God's calling me to, but he didn't take out a billboard. He didn't have a burning bush in my front yard. He didn't write it on the wall. 
There was no note in my lunchbox today to say, Adam, this is what I am calling you to, love God. What do we do once we think we've figured that out, but we're not sure? You know, that, that is the number one question that, that so many people have, is saying, what do I do next? And the most important thing that, that you can remember when it comes to discernment is just what you said, Adam. You said, how do I figure it out? I think so many people put so much pressure on themselves that they have to figure it out. And the trick to discernment is realizing that it's not you who figure it out. It's God who figures it out. It is Jesus who's the one who calls, and we're the one who are listening. But I know that that's not a satisfying answer, but it's a principle of discernment that we need to keep in mind, because we're not the ones who can figure it all out. We need to sit with the Lord in prayer. We need to spend time in discernment, and discernment really means listening to the voice of God. Discernment means to sift through, And, and as you know, there's so many voices in our world and in our lives. It comes from the people around us, the media that we listen to, the movies that we watch, the news that we read, it, there's there's so much media and so many voices, as it were, and even our own voice plays into that. And certainly there's an evil one who desires to lead us off track. But what we really want to do is sift through those voices so as to hear the voice of God clearly. And that takes some principles of silence, of knowing how to pray. And that's maybe a good principle of discernment is, is I need someone to walk with me. Has there been someone who has walked these hills before? And I say they're hills because if you've walked through hills, you know that there's valleys, there's peaks, there's ways that you can trip along the way, there's barriers to where you're going, there's different ways to get there, but we need someone who's actually walked that way before, and it's so much easier when we do discernment uh, with, a, with an extra set of eyes, with someone who, who has maybe some wisdom and, and has walked these hills. So I think those are good starting points when we start that, that walk of discernment. One of the questions I imagine each of us has asked at some point, and if we haven't, we probably will at some point, Is discernment a one-and-done thing, or is it an ongoing process? I mean, when you discerned that you were called to the priesthood, did you just say one day, all right, I've discerned it, off to seminary I go, or was that part of the entire time in seminary? For a Christian, discernment is a way of life. It's not an activity to be done. You know, it's not—I hear so often young people say, I've already discerned, I'm, I'm done discerning. And so long as we have breath in our lungs, we're, we're not done discerning. Even me as a priest, I've already chosen my sacred vocation, or we could say that God chose that for me. I responded. I, I chose what He wanted for me. But that doesn't mean that my discernment's over. How crazy would it, would it be to even just think about our Church being done discerning what we ought to do next, right? The Lord, as Pope Benedict XVI said, he even wrote the book, he says, we have a God who speaks, and He calls Him that. We have a God who speaks. And so if God is speaking, He hasn't stopped speaking. And we're the ones who are privileged to be able to listen. And so discernment is an ongoing process. But of course, when we use that big discernment, we are talking about discerning a sacred vocation. But remember that sacred vocation just just leads us down a new path into a new mission. And that's why in discernment, prayer is so indispensable, because the fruit of prayer, as theologians have taught us, as as the fathers of our Church, the, the great saints have taught us, that the fruit of prayer is charity. And charity is that love on a mission. It's when we sit with God and we, we spend time with Him, the fruit of that prayer is, is to send us out to do something, to do something about it, to be on mission for souls in the world, whether that's marriage, whether that's the priesthood, whether that's consecrated life. Those are sacraments and of mission that send us out into the world for the mission of Jesus Christ, which He shares with us through vocation. Father, at the beginning of our interview, you mentioned that we live in a world of noise with so many voices bombarding us, and we're trying to go into the quiet to listen to the voice of God and listen for God's calling in our lives. 
I want to come back to that for a moment, if I may, because I think it's very important for us to discuss that vocation discernment is not something you have to do by yourself. In fact, I would dare say you shouldn't do it by yourself. You should have a spiritual advisor or a vocation director, or if you're called to marriage and you're engaged, someone to prepare you for marriage to help you discern, is this really what God's calling you to? I think of a story where a a famous Christian musician said a a woman came up to him in the crowd and said, God told me I'm supposed to marry you. And he said, really, because I've been praying to God a lot, and I have never gotten that message. (laughs) So I wonder if we could talk about that for a second. If we're not alone in this, who do we go to for help discerning our vocation? Well, there's certainly some people who have been given to the Church to do that. So if, if a man is discerning his vocation, and has an inkling that, that the Lord might be calling him a priesthood, you have vocation directors in, in every diocese, and, and those would be good people to turn to. But however, sometimes we don't even know how that happens, how, how do we even get in contact with them. I always tell people, why don't you just talk to, to someone who knows just a little bit more than you, right? We're always looking for an expert, you know? We're looking for the magic bullet, right? We're looking for that silver bullet that leads us to the exact right, perfect thing. But often, maybe we talk to our parents. If our parents are living out their faith, if we ask them, who do I talk to about this? Maybe they know, right? And sometimes that's just our parish priest who we see every single week. And he may not be the one that, that is going to work with us, but he might put us in touch with the person who's going to work with us. So I think that, you know, just like anything in life, if we're going to achieve our goals, and if I, if I wanted to even have material success and wanted to fulfill, fulfill my dreams of being a college soccer player, if I wanted to go to a certain university or get a certain job, what do you have to do? You have to just start talking about it with other people to find the way to get there, to walk that hill, right? So it's always just reaching out to, to someone who may just know a little bit more than you, who can point you in the next right direction. Remember that Jesus always says that he's a lamp to our feet, right? Which means that we just need to take one small step. We don't have to take this huge step today. We don't have to be all in and knowing everything today. We just need to take the next step. And so we should often ask ourselves in discernment, just what is the next step? and break it down into simple bites that, that we can take and, and not make it so hard on ourselves. Well, tomorrow we're going to be talking about one of those next steps with Father Brian Alford, and that is formation, because I'm going to imagine we don't just dive headfirst into the waters once we've discerned, and there's more to it than that. But, Father Chase, I want to thank you for speaking with us about discernment today. Could I ask you to lead us in a prayer for those who are discerning right now? Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of your children, and especially those who are walking in discipleship, those who have come to know you and to desire to know the mission that you have set for them before you even form them in their mother's womb. We ask that you would send your Holy Spirit upon them to guide them in the imitation of Jesus Christ, to live the life that you have prepared for them in your great providence. We ask your blessing upon them through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, their guardian angels, all the holy angels and saints, And we ask this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, before we let you go, for our listeners up in the Diocese of Peoria, where can they go if either they themselves or someone they know is looking for more information on discerning a vocation to the priesthood? Well, um, our website here in the Diocese of Peoria is comeandfollowme.org, and we are on social media and Instagram and Facebook at Peoria Vocations. Certainly, I would love to get people in touch with, with the right person, even if that's not me, but certainly those who are in the Diocese of Peoria or who wish to be in the Diocese of Peoria, you can certainly call my office or email my office, and, and I'd love to, to chat with young men who are ready to get plugged in to, to the discernment of the priesthood. 
Wonderful, Father. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And friends, remember, no matter where you live in your diocese, there is a vocations director. And if you don't know who that is, just look up your diocese homepage. In the Diocese of Springfield in Illinois, it's dio.org, and vocations is in that menu in diobell, D-I-O-B-E-L-L-E, the Diocese of Belleville, diobell.org. They have a link to vocations. Here in St. Louis, where I live, it's stlvocations.org, dio, Jeff City, and then dio, SC for the Diocese of Springfield, Cape Girardeau. Look all of them up. Search online. If you're looking for a religious order, just type it in in the search engine. You'll find a vocation director out there to help you if you think you are called. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We want to thank Father Chase Hildenbrink for being with us. We will be back after this. Prayer in a Time of Waiting All-powerful and ever-living God, guard our churches, our homes, our schools, our hospitals, our factories, and all the places where we gather. Deliver us from harm and peril. Protect our land and the peoples from enemies within and without. Grant an early peace with victory founded upon justice. Instill in the hearts and minds of men and women everywhere a firm purpose to live forever in peace and goodwill toward all. This we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. Here is our catechiz question for the day. It's an All Souls Day question for you. Because at one point, we're all going to be counted among, well, I actually don't know that. We could go straight to heaven and be counted among the saints, but we're all going to die. We do know that. The judgment right after we die is called what? There are two judgments that we'll go through after we die. What is the one that happens immediately after we die? Do you know the answer? I'll give you two clues. It's either the general judgment or the particular judgment. And if you said that it is the particular judgment, you would be correct. The judgment immediately after we die is the particular judgment where we are judged individually. The general judgment will happen immediately following the general resurrection of all mankind when Jesus comes again to judge the living and the dead. Now, I saw this uh, beautiful post today. It was a quote from St. Therese of Lisieux. The world is thy ship, not thy home. It is the uh, vessel that, you know, and that's why I love the image of the church as a ship as well. You know, the vessel that gets us through this life and hopefully home to our safe harbor. Now, along the way, you and I are going to make some mistakes. We're going to we're going to sin. And as Father Chase was talking about earlier, uh, or not Father Chase, Father Bernhard was talking about earlier, it's what we do with that. You know, do we stay ashamed and hide it and not want everyone to see it? Or do we accept, you know, the fact that we've sinned, we're convicted in it, but we don't shy away from it and we repent of it. We are contrite and we offer that to our Lord, especially in the sacrament of reconciliation, which, of course, in mortal sins, we must do. We must do. But good to make that devotional confession because I've heard it explained to me like this, that the general judgment, all of our sins are going to be read and the souls that go to hell are going to say, please don't read my sins. I'm ashamed of them. Please do not share that with anyone. They wouldn't want it to be known. They didn't want to accept God's mercy because they didn't even want him to know, maybe. But the souls going to heaven would say, yep, you're right. I did that, all of that. And some of it was pretty bad. But look at how great God's mercy is and look at how God great, great God's love is because he overcame all of that so that I could be with him in heaven and praise God for that. So if it's been a while since you've been to the Sacrament of Reconciliation, maybe be inspired by that. It's not about how bad you've sinned. It's about how great God's mercy is. 
We're going to take one last break here to get you a check of the weather, and then Patty Schneier and I will have the daily dose of encouragement for you coming up right after this. Prayer of St. Francis of Assisi. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. I think we've all been there at some point in our lives asking that question, how do I make a good confession? And Patty, I'm one of those people that even if I feel I'm doing something well, I know I could always do it a little bit better. There's always room for improvement. So I look forward to today's encouragement on making a good confession. Well, today's encouragement comes straight from the book, In Conversation with God. These are This is a collection of devotions that I read, and it's In Conversation with God. This is from book two page 43, and I'm going to quote this. When we go to receive the sacrament of reconciliation, we must think of Christ above all else. We must make sure that he is the center of this sacramental act. God's glory and love must be more important than our sins. We need to look at Jesus much more and we look at ourselves. Keep our eyes on his goodness rather than on our own wretchedness because interior life is a dialogue of love in which God is always the point of reference. We are all the prodigal son who returns home when we go to confession. And to quote John Paul II in this meditation, every contrite confession is a drawing near to the holiness of God, a rediscovery of one's true identity, which has been upset and disturbed by sin. So it's a liberation in the very depth of oneself, and it is thus a regaining of the lost joy, the joy of being saved. So even though yesterday, I know I encouraged you to write down your sins and to think of your sins, and that can move you to contrition. Far greater, though, we have to keep our eyes on the mercy of God and know that his love and his mercy is what awaits us. And that will compel us and help us to move towards God, to go to receive this mercy and be at the fountain of grace. So keep your eyes on God's goodness. So often, many of us, we actually beat ourselves up more than we need to. Yes, we need to know what we've done. Yes, we need to have contrition. Yes, we might be moved to tears for what we've done in offending our Lord. Don't ever take our eyes off of the mercy of God and focus on his love, which awaits us. It's a balance. That it is, but it's a wonderful encouragement for us today. As we wrap up today, a few things for you. Don't forget to pray for the dead this month. It's a great day to go to Mass. Perhaps there is a nice Requiem Mass scheduled somewhere near you, or just go to the Daily Mass. Uh, Many of you might be on your way to Daily Mass right now or going to Mass at noon today. Perhaps there is 
in evening mass. Perhaps you could light a candle in your home in remembrance of those of your family and friends who have gone before us marked with the sign of faith and continue to pray for them. Uh, Perhaps in your daily prayers, as we did with our morning offering this morning, you could add the prayer for the souls. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. Through the mercy of God, may their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed rest in peace. Amen. It's a very simple prayer to add. You could add that at the end of your meal prayer. If you're not praying it at the end of your meal prayer right now, you could pray it at the end of your Thanksgiving after meals. You could pray it at the end of the Angelus. You could pray it at the end of your rosary. You could really insert that anywhere this month of November as we remember our beloved dead. Now, I do want to, it's very rare that I get on a soapbox here on the show, but I do want to get on a soapbox for just one second, if you'll permit me. Uh, Many people have already remarked about how Halloween ended at midnight on Tuesday morning and the month of November began, so break out the Christmas carols and the Christmas decorations and the trees. And I just want to say, let's let November be November and let's let Advent be Advent. Um, you know, we, we live with the rhythm of the church. We live with the seasons of the church. And there's a wisdom to that, and there is a grace to that. And so let's let this time of ordinary time continue to be ordinary time until we celebrate Christ the King. And then let's let Advent be Advent. Let's ha- let Thanksgiving have its day. Uh, ending my soapbox now. I, I won't say any more than that. Dave Baranowski and I talked last week about making every day this month a day of Thanksgiving. So if you're not doing that midday exam, and here's the easiest way to make every day a day of Thanksgiving. St. Ignatius had the exam that he would do midday, and then he had an examination of conscience he would do every evening. I've adapted it. I've made it even faster and, and simpler for me because I always would forget to do it until I, I simplified it. Because at its core, it's about this. One thing you're grateful for today in one area where you need God's grace. That's what the midday exam is about at its core. What's something you're grateful for today? So around lunchtime today, I want you to have one thing. I encourage you to have one thing. And it can be, you know, I got a text message this morning from a friend. Really glad to have received that text message. It could be that. I had a uh, wonderful, wonderful dinner last night with the kids. That could have been yesterday's, although that would have been after midday. Um, It could have been the way that our daughter was just bouncing off the walls this morning, awake and excited to be off school because the teachers have professional development, any of those things. It also could be asking for that grace again then to turn an area of our day around. Ever since I have done this, My life has been changed, taking that time every day. We often preach discipline, detachment, and gratitude on this show. We have to be disciplined in our daily uh, aim to live in holiness, which means we have to be detached from the things of this world. Seeing what God's doing in my life and naming them and being grateful for them every day has helped me more with detachment than 30-plus years of life just saying, oh, I need to be detached, you know, from a young age saying they tell me to be detached. Yeah, this has been the game changer. When we see what God's doing for us, it's so much easier to be detached from what we don't have because we're grateful for what we have. So I challenge you, you don't have to put it on your social media. You don't have to text it to your friends. You don't have to do anything. But you need accept saying to God, thank you. Thank God for one thing every day this month if you're not doing it already. Let's pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit 
as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of all saints, pray for us. Saint Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. And eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. And may their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We'll be back with you tomorrow. We'll be talking about formation. Once we've heard the call, once we've discerned the call, then we have some formation that we have to go through. Father Brian Alford's going to be with us tomorrow to talk about that. Plus, we have some more for you. And then the Roadmap Roundup on Friday as well. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for listening to Roadmap to Heaven today. And of course, pray your rosary today.